on today's show, part two of two with myself and Glenn Willis of Peachtree Hoops, ATL and 29, talking about all things Hawks here in late July into early August. We'll have all that on the way. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1531 of Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you here over the weekend in late July. And this is part two of two with my friend Glenn Willis and I talking about all things Atlanta Hawks here in the middle of the summer. So if you missed part one, I encourage you to start there with part one on this same podcast platform, whether it be YouTube or Spotify or Apple or other audio platforms. Please subscribe to the podcast as well, but make sure to listen to part one before part two for, to have the entire coherent conversation all in one place. Without any further delay, though, we'll dive back in with myself and Glenn right now. There's some chance he could play the most minutes of the draft picks this year. Like, just, I mean... If things break the right way, I mean, uh, an injury or two to AJ or Bogey or, or whatever. Or, or, or a, trade that, a trade yeah. that vacates your wing depth and, you know, whatever yep. it might be, right? But, but, but I mean, it, it, he, was a, he was fun to watch. Um, you know, 3 and D, like, I don't think he's ever going to be that, like, guy who's making threes and defending the other teams. Like, he's not, you know, going to be like a, a, a P.J. Tucker kind of, you know, guy that's no. like, you know, or or pick your other other ones, right? But it's going to have to be team defense. But, like, he had – he surprised me with his ability to get the shot the, – the, the shots yeah. blocking. And, he was very aggressive defensively, like very aggressive. And and pretty measured. I know he's an older you know, draft pick by comparison to the other two. Um but he looks like a guy that's like, okay, if we need eight minutes from somebody who'll go out and spot him in the weak side corner, catch the ball, and you put the shot up or attack the closeout defender, make the extra pass if that's the right thing. I mean, honestly, when you're looking at like, oh, I need a 10th or 11th guy tonight in the middle of the season, maybe you're playing four games in a week or whatever it is, you know, and those sorts of things, having a guy who's just like, and, and, and you could tell when you talk to Seth, you can tell it's like, I do this, I do this, I do this, <laughs> you know, and it's like that, and it's like, okay, there you go. You're set up for you're set up for success. I think he could contribute pretty early on, and you know, infrequent kind of opportunities where he kind of gets elevated into a rotation spot here and there, schedule crunch, you know, injury or, or whatever that situation might be. But you know, but he's in the first game, like defensively, it was super rough. It was yeah. really rough. Now we have to remember, Sacramento had already played two games in their own summer league mm-hmm. they were playing like 25 26 27 year olds almost across <laughs> the border right and and they carried over a lot of guys from their g league team and was it stockton i think i can't remember i think yeah it's around guys, there right and and so they they had a lot of continuity and the hawks said these guys have never Zero. been together on a basketball court so so even for kobe's first game i thought that was you know all of the three-quarter court press the teams were showing and the ball pressure and all that stuff they threw a lot of the Hawks in the first game. But as as play went on, as the games went on, like Seth showed me more just as a health defender, as a team defender, you know, you know, drawing his spacing when he was low man, timing, communication. It was just it was all a little better than, than I expected. And he got a little better every game. I don't think he's ever gonna be a guy that like you throw out there for like go, you know, defend Jalen Brown for four minutes or or whatever, you know. But you want it where you draft him, you want a guy who can just kind of get the do the fundamentals, do the basics, not break down 
the, the five the process of the five man unit, and I, I think he's closer than I would have, would have thought in that area. And I think that's going to going to get him opportunity. Yeah, the the pitch on Lundy, especially again second round pick, forty six overall, is the hope would be again in, in two years or whatever, maybe even this year because he's an older guy, would be that he can be on the court. He'll be guarded because I think everyone knows he's he's a real shooter. He's an NBA level shooter. Absolutely. Uh, that's 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 number one selling point with Seth Lundy, NBA shooter. But like the fact that he has wing size, he'll have to be guarded, and he won't get killed defensively. That's the pitch. It's not going to be he's not going to be a lockdown guy. But like you can't have too many six six guys who can shoot and defend and defend enough. That's the whole pitch with Seth Lundy. I mean, obviously there's and, no and other listen, on that. Be but, in the be in the right spot. Right. Communicate. Be, you know have the right help production on and, and that that's where it is for him. And, and the, I, I think that he's going to be pretty solid in those areas. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to wish cast. Like I don't, I don't think that if I had to guess, he'll be playing a role this year with any frequency, but if you, if you get a cluster and this has happened, I mean, this last year, the Hawks were pretty healthy, but in years past, Two or three years before that, there were cluster injuries, or you know, the COVID season, or whatever. And suddenly, you look down, and you're playing Shondi Brown for 12 minutes. Like Seth Lundy can do that in a way that a lot, probably better than a lot of second round picks could for you yeah. because of what I yeah. just said. Like he has to be, he has to be guarded. He's already an older guy. Yeah. Like he won't be, he probably won't be great at that. But again, you're talking about like just patching it together. Like in and and it's kind of a similar pitch to. I believe Garrison Matthews is a more valuable piece than Hawks fans tend to think that he might be just because Garrison Matthews can play on, on an NBA court right now today. And I wouldn't yep. worry about it. He's not great, but he, he can shoot and he has, he's, he's done it. He's proven to be like an NBA player. And there's, there's and, he, and he's, and he competes. He is yes. tough. Yeah. Right. And, but it's going to be like, I'm, I, I was thinking like, Oh, it, it's going to be Seth Bundy and Garrison Matthews kind of competing for, if uh, in a random game a spot opens yeah. up on the wing, and, like, and I think like, Garrison's, I, I think Garrison's going to win that battle. Way ahead of I right had to now. guess, yes. I mean, right. I'm just just to be very clear, like, and I think Wes Matthews would be ahead of him too. Like, as, again, right. Seth Lundy, I think he might have a clearer path to play than Muhammad Gay does, but I, I don't think that either one of them is going to play unless you have again multiple issues. And that look, it's an 82 game season. You might have multiple issues. That's what happens. You can't have too much depth, Glenn. I, I know it's fun to kind of just list the starting lineup and then list the second unit, and it's like, guys, but this Hawks team literally have too much. They literally have too much depth right now. They're gonna have to figure out the roster unless unless a trade takes care of that. So, well, yeah. You know, spe- spe- speaking of that, I want to get into a little bit of that before we get out of here. Kind of just oh, stay on the roster. We on AJ, like, oh yeah. In fact, I, 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 I was going to be played. Yeah, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I I think they hoped that. Would have gone better than it did. I, I just curious. I did, agree. You, did you hear any sentiment? Around, like, I'm, I'm not no. crapping out. AJ is really good. You and I did his player capsule. It yeah. doesn't change anything he did last year, but trying to speed him up did not go well. Trying to get him to be more aggressive, like in terms of kind of a, a functioning at the point of attack, you know, mm-hmm. didn't didn't go as well. And it's kind of funny. I, I want to go back a few seasons, like the first time I saw Brandon Ingram playing summer league, the Lakers had him playing so fast. And you could tell, like, a lot of it was working and he's putting a lot of it together. Part of it is your body has to be ready for that too. Like, you're going that hard and that fast. Like, that was, like, when Lonzo came in for the Lakers, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like his body's going to disintegrate in any moment. I thought his body couldn't handle playing that fast. You know, for me, it wasn't necessarily a physical thing for AJ. 
I just think it was brand new for him. But I do think he probably wishes it would have gone better. I think the team, you know, wishes it would have gone better. It doesn't mean that that it was a failure. There was great feedback loops there. But I, but I do wonder, like, I didn't hear I, – I heard stuff on – they were willing to be like, we're excited about gay, we're excited about – yeah. but I didn't really hear anything on AG. Did you get any sentiment that, that was all? Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing. Take your first swing at betting MLB at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're a new customer, get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets of $200. That's right, 20 bucks in betting can land you $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel has great promotions each and every day, and they get paid. you also get paid instantly when you happen to win. The app is safe and secure, and they have all kinds of betting angles across the board you might want to dive into. They cover the whole range of sports. That includes MLB, NBA, WNBA, NFL, college football, college basketball, golf, tennis, soccer, auto racing, and much more. And their different wagering options as well at FanDuel from live betting to futures to player props, point spreads, totals, money lines, etc. And there's no better place in the world to bet all the basketball and baseball action you're looking for than America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and fan, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, I think the general feeling, without going too far, is, you know, yeah, I think that they probably thought it might go differently. Not like, and I, I saw some Hawks fans that were hoping he was going to be Keegan Murray, who Keegan Murray just absolutely dominated Summer League when he played. And, like, I get it. But, number one, you know, Keegan Murray played even like, a lot more than AJ as a rookie. Keegan Murray was in the rotation all year long, started a lot of games, was the fourth pick in the draft. Like, I get it. But I don't think – I think that they believe that they they were hoping that it would go better. I also don't I don't think that they're not worried at all that it didn't. Is kind of the way yeah. kind of what I would say. Yeah, like, totally I feel the same way in that it's number one. It's it's two summer league games. There was this. I I, I was trying to just tell people like they didn't shut him down because they were worried or that they were going to trade him. It was like this was the plan. He was playing two games the whole time. That was the plan. It was never going to change unless he got hurt in the first game or something. Um, but yeah, I think they would have liked to see him be a little bit more assertive. Um, I wonder, you know, him and Kobe playing, they were trying to get Kobe these reps, but also trying to have AJ kind of be the guy. And it was like kind of an almost like a mixed in, a mixed focus. You know what I mean? Like they wanted, they, they kept saying, Kobe, this is, it's, you're running, you're running this thing, but you have AJ out there. He's like playing second fiddle to a rookie point guard who hasn't been there before. Yeah. And I also think that it's been a long time. You know, AJ, I always bring this up. AJ was the guy in high school like was the top three crossbit in that class. And, but that's a long, I mean, that's, it's been a while since he was doing that. I mean, at Duke even, he, he had a good season, but he was clearly the third or fourth option at Duke. Like he was not playing with the ball in his hands. We saw, again, we saw some flashes of that this last year in Atlanta, but it was more of that like catch and make one dribble and the floater game and all that stuff. Like he was not initiating. Yeah. And I think that that's the, the Hawks wanted him to initiate some offense, and he did it a little bit. But I think that it's just been a long time since he was actually doing that and on a real court in a competitive game. And I think that yeah. maybe the light, the light just wasn't coming on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was interesting because I remember the, the first possession of the first game where he brought the ball up. He brought it up. Uh huh. And no play call from Antonio Lang, <clears throat> and everybody's looking at him, and I'm like, "Are you are you gonna are you gonna run this play?" Yeah. And he goes. One out. He looks at Kobe. He says one out, which is the stack to give Kobe the ball on the wing. And he, and he called a play to set up Kobe. Now, it, part of the I don't want to do a whole kind of breakdown. Part of the issue <laughs> might be that he just needs to be more selfish in a good way, and kind of 
But maybe that's not what he ever wants to be. You know, what they ran, most of what they ran for him to get his opportunities to initiate, to initiate create is start the corner, get the pin down, lift, and then get that that spot right at the three point break, right? Mm-hmm. And he looks he looked comfortable that he, he looked like he didn't want he didn't look comfortable going at the speed they were trying. To, I I loved him trying to go at that speed even though it wasn't going well, you know. But I I never like again extreme example if you watch Devin Booker play in summer league and he he's like oh we got the rebound of bringing the ball up he's not calling a play for somebody else he's like he's just gonna go yeah he's calling for the screen he wants. It, it kind of like it's kind of like the DeAndre Hunter team for me. Fans want him to be a person that he's not. That's never going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. And I don't want to limit AJ. Like AJ's super young. He's not even twenty yet, still. Yep. Right. And and he can grow into that sort of ambitiousness and aggressiveness. But right now, from what I saw there, that's not really what he wanted to do in that summer league environment. It was more. Play on the wing, second side creator, you know, that sort of stuff, and and which is totally fine if that's what he is. But if if, if people think like he's going to be a guy who's going to go, you know, like attack, like run twelve pick and rolls a game, call a play for him to to you know to create on his own, I don't know that mentally like like that's what he sees himself doing right now. From what I saw in those summer league games, I don't want to extrapolate yeah. too much, but like two years from now, it might be like. Oh, remember back in that summer league game when he wouldn't run the call to play for himself? <laughs> yeah. Could totally change. But that's where he looks seem to be right now for me. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. And I don't want to – I'm not trying to play amateur psychologist, but, again, this is – he just did two straight years but he was the clear supporting guy. And with the Hawks this last year, we talked – you and I talked about it. The way that he got on the court last year was because they needed, they needed shooting. And they – especially under Nate, they – I felt like they intentionally put him in a very small box and said, Hey, AJ, we have basically, we have to play you, but we want you to do this, this, and this. And it felt like he was still playing that way in some way, you know, in some ways, you know, I'm not trying to say that's what's, what's in his head. Cause I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but like, it's just different when you just done small role stuff. And by the way, that was the correct decision for most of last season. Like he was a 19, 18 or 19 year old rookie trying to play on a team that was trying to win and they needed him to shoot, and he did. And you saw, like, when he got confident, he would he would take some relatively ambitious shots. Like, he wasn't just, like, taking only wide-open shots. Like, he when he got going, he got confident, and it, it, you could see him feeling it. But it was in those, like you just said, like, pin-downs or, like, little in-between game. Like, he was not initiating stuff. It just didn't happen very much, if at all. So Yeah, I, I don't know. He, I, I feel like I watched him run – 20 real pick and rolls last year. And we, you and I talked about it all season. <laughs> yeah. Pace was great. No one yeah. sped him up. He made he the right read when the space was there. He consumed that space and got to a floater. So there's a lot of really good stuff there. I I just don't know how much it's going to get to volume. I don't know how much he's going to be able to go faster in it anytime soon. Two years no, from yeah. now, it could be a totally different thing, but that's just what I see right now. Yeah. And look, he, he played. I think more than I thought he was going to play last year out of necessity and because he was so good, honestly, because he was so good in the role, but he still was a, he's a, he's a young second year player. Uh, This year he's going to play more knock on wood that he's healthy, but I mean, he's still really young and like, it's just going to be, it's going to be step by step by step. And I think the efficiency was so great last year. I think I'm a huge believer 
but you can't, you know, growth is not linear and different responsibilities, different coach. I mean, his, I think it impacts a guy like that even more when you have a midseason coaching change and all your messaging is different and you have, you know, the staff was still there, but like him and Jalen were essentially both rookies at, you know, Jalen was a year ahead, but kind of rookie level. And like, those are the guys that get impacted even more than everybody else. Like, cause they're, they're, they're already, they're already in the deep end of the pool as like young guys. And it's like, by the way, now we have, you have a new head coach. You had one practice before you're playing at games. And then AJ, you know, one of the theories actually we, we're going along, but that's fine. Um, I had somebody throw a theory at me that AJ lost his confidence when he stopped playing at the end of last year. And I kind of like, I don't, I don't believe that's true. I, and that's, I and I, I also think that it was very obvious why he stopped playing. You don't have to agree with it, but Quinn literally said it into a microphone multiple times. I, I don't want to play 10 guys. I want to play nine guys. So he, it was, there was one spot for AJ or Jalen and they chose Jalen who was a year ahead of AJ and they were fully healthy for well, which, two months. Yeah. Which is funny because we never recorded before the Boston series, and you asked me about AJ. I said the only uh-huh. way AJ is going to play is if it's him instead of Jalen. Yeah, I mean, it was very and clearly a choice. I mean, they they acknowledged that. I don't know if he was even on the, but like the Hawks acknowledged, like it's basically these guys are they're not they're not playing the same position, but they're 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 battling for minutes. Everybody else was locked into a role. They were they weren't going to stop playing Sidney Bay. They weren't going to stop playing DeAndre Hunter. Like they were those. It was one versus one, and they decided to go with Jalen, which is fine. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just uh, I. I think to wrap it up on that, I think that it was not a great two-game stretch for AJ Griffin, but it was a two-game stretch in July, and I, I don't particularly care. It's kind of <laughs> it doesn't that. change my expectation at all. I just, right. I just I think fans sometimes are like, well, you, you're not being honest about what you saw. I want to just say what we saw. I think everybody was wasn't really great. No, well, it doesn't really change my expectation for, for him at all. hundred percent agree. I, I thought he I thought he was going to look like a guy who was too good to be there, and he didn't. And that's not. That's not nothing. Like you could say that's not a great, and I agree. Like again, he didn't look like Keegan Murray or some of these guys who were like clearly too good to be there. But he didn't look awful or anything. He looked like himself. It just he didn't play great. You know, before we get out of here, we, we again we're going to save a lot of our preview content. I know you and Kevin will do preview content, and I don't want to do full on season preview in on July 29th or third, whatever this is. But I, I want to know what you think of the roster right now because like, they've really done as far as like we just talked about the rookies. As far as non-rookies, the roster is exactly the same as it was two months ago, except they've essentially swapped out Collins for Patty Mills and Wes Matthews, (laughs) who are both like on the periphery of the rotation, if I had to guess right now. Maybe you disagree. but And Mills is honestly, that's the one guy I have no feel for because I don't know if they want Patty Mills. You know, the the day that, this is a non-sequitur, but the day that that got reported, Woj was like, kind of intentionally like, hey, we don't know if he's going to be on the team. And usually he's not guessing on that kind of stuff. It was like someone from the Hawks told Woj, hey, we're, we're not sure about Patty Mills kind of thing. They signed Wes Matthews, so they obviously wanted him. But anyway, uh, what do you what do you think of the roster? I mean, it's kind of the same roster, but what do you what do you think? Like, what's in your brain right now about the team? Yeah, so I, I think they've kind of taken steps to move the roster to where – where where it's what Quinn wants, and Quinn yeah. obviously has voice in, in all of these. All he these very things. much does, yes. right? And you know, no one appreciates John Collins. I don't think a lot more than, than you and me. But Quinn wants a group of guys on the floor that on the catch, boom, the decision is right there. And 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 for for as much work as we know Collins got put in the area, that's just something that was he was he was never going to kind of be be that. Yep. 
you, we never talked about it. If, he, if he's not getting the dive in the pick and roll and run in transition and use his speed and all that sort of stuff, then he's always going to be limited in how much value he can give his team. Um, and so I think it's funny because I'm like, I think Bay fits that perfectly. You know, I think Jalen, you know, you, you think about the shooting, but at least he was shooting the ball at the end of last season. You, you know, he kind of got past some hesitation there. And so, but Jalen has to really put the ball on the floor, make the pass. He's a very, very, kid, like, really above average passer for the position. And so, it, to me, it's interesting. It's kind of crowded right now because, in my mind, AJ needs to play a lot. Jalen needs to play a lot. Onyeka is ready to be a starter. And they, a they have thing they, around well, the back to what we said. They have, they have not, they still have nine guys that have to play. And that's before you get into anybody else. They have a right. clear, they right. have a clear nine right. that have to play and play right. real and, minutes. And, and to be honest, if, if like, if Patty Mills play, he's not perfect for what you need as a third guard. You want some more size. You want, you know, but if he's, if he just kind of helps Kobe, like buys two months or three months, if they think Kobe can play in three months, like that seems that feels like a real stretch to me right now. I, but I that's think not Patty the Mills worst. That's Aaron not the worst. Yeah. I mean, Patty Mills and Aaron Holiday are very different players. Very different <laughs> strengths, but as far as like veteran third, I, I think Aaron, you know Aaron, Aaron Holiday was in and out of rotation last year. He was like their eleventh eleventh yeah. guy a lot. Like I Patty's think Patty's on the team. That's yeah. it's going to look like that. Yeah. I think right. Yeah. So like on the catch, Patty's going to. I mean, he played in that Spurs system. Like it's you know and he's, you know and he's exactly a real like shooter. It. He's a real shooter. But if Patty's playing, a, you know, fourteen minutes a game or whatever, you know, it, you know, just supporting the AJ time and Bogey time at guard. If, if Bogey plays any kind of real guard at all, you know, <laughs> but but if he's kind of just kind of giving them the extra minutes until Kobe's ready, whatever that might be, that's totally fine for me. Like now, is that where you want to be at the end of the season? Is that was that what you want when you're trying to get a top four seed and trying to close out the last six weeks of the season strong? It's probably not where you want to be, right, for me. Yeah. But to kind of help them kind of get some stability and and solid play kind of going, I think that's fine. Wes Matthews, if he's playing a whole lot, that's only because they made a trade, in my view. You know, that, that kind of opened or, up. Or, that. An, or, an in, or an injury or two. Or, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. But, um, but he's, again, like, if Quinn is like, oh, man, we're – in the game three of the first round of the playoffs and, you know, my primary defender on Tatum or, you know, or whatever uh, is in foul trouble. What an NBA coach wants to turn to someone is like, he's not going to screw it up. Like that's what you know, he may not be proper. Right. And so you need a couple of those guys, right. That are just kind of, it, it's like the, it's like the solo hill from a few seasons ago where, you know, that's kind of, kind of what that was. And so, in in my mind, when I look back at like the veteran guys, like like Justin Holiday, didn't give them what they needed for sure. I, yep. I I liked him as a player across his career. That half season or whatever it was in Atlanta was not what the team needed at, at all. And so I feel like they their veteran presence, even if if Mills is there, is a little bit of an upgrade there. I think that's good. I think it's just like for me. And this is like where I wish, like, before I could really answer your question, I was like, can we do like an hour with Quinn on True Serum? What is this plan for Jalen? What is this plan? That's my number one. What is this plan for Jalen? Is he a three? Is he a four? Is he fixing it up? Is he going to defend guard? Like, what to me that so many things are secondary and tertiary kind of decisions around how this all fits comes with what is Jalen's role? 
And if without knowing that, it's hard for me to know like, oh, Bay's going to start and play a ton, right? Or they're going to slide. Jalen might play some center, like small. Like that's not. It's just not. You know, that's not a Quinn thing that you kind of think that you kind of go towards. But for me, it's like. What are you doing with Jalen? I feel like I know what to expect with AJ. I feel like I know what to expect with him. Yeah, good. Only question is, is he the starter or not? Do they make a move that kind of opens up a spot for him? You know, and then kind of going around the round. But, I mean, for me, I think Quinn's going to do a lot more uh, offensively. They were underwater for most of the time underneath. They were they finished seventh, and they were really at the top of the league the last month or so. And to be honest with you, if you ask me what were the factors of the offense going way up, number two, Quinn. Number one, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay yeah. juiced the offense seriously at yeah. the end of the season. And so, and so for me, I think the roster is in the mix to be fifth, sixth, kind of right around fifth or sixth best in the East with really good coaching and kind of implementing some things that like create more spark offensively and, and help them not get bogged down so much. And they lost so many games last year where they just got bogged down offensively in the last four minutes. And so does that push you up to where you could like threaten a four seed or if something opens up a three seed, I mean, a lot would have to come together, I, but I'm not going to put that out of reach for this team, but there's a lot to sort out that there's a lot of consistency on defense needed. And they weren't close to that last year. Not even close to that, right? Yeah. And offensively, it's that stuff Quinn wants you to go, 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 right? Make that read on the catch, go, on the catch, go. And and so for me, I, was like, I feel like I put some in as like someone who's going to be probably in five, six seed range, but with some, some ma- coaching magic, with some <laughs> more consistent defense, with, you know, whatever else, I think they start to threaten to get a, a, home, a home court. Uh, situation in the first round. I think that's kind of where I have it. I like the roster. I'm yes. super excited for the young guys. Trey is awesome. Uh, he's an offensive superstar, unlike very few teams have. There's a lot to work with there. That the step one is consistency on defense. They're they've been way off on that, apart from that short run a couple of years ago, right? So that that's where it is. But I, I I think there's a lot of teams that would be like I would trade my roster for that roster. I think there's a lot of teams that would. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, you know, in, in in theory, like the team being kind of the same, you're taking John Collins off. That doesn't make you better. That makes you worse yeah. in in itself. But then you have the other factors, which is internal growth from young guys, AJ, Jalen, Onyeka, in particular, like three guys who you could reasonably assume will be better this year than they were last year, because just by age and progression, right? And nobody on your roster is aging to the point where you're expecting a huge decline. Maybe, maybe Clint is the closest thing you could say as a guy like who projects to be a little bit worse. And everybody else is on the on the right side of the aging curve. And then of course Quinn for a full season, full training camp. So like it's on one hand, like you would think this team would be worse without Collins. And I I generally agree with that, but then you figure in everything else, and I'm gonna have them. Projected better than they were last year. I mean, almost yeah. certainly. And of course, you and I thought that they were better than they actually played last year. I mean, I still, I still believe if you simulated last season with similar injury luck, they would have won a lot more games and a lot of and a lot of different seasons. I don't know. It is what it is. So yeah. I'm. It's, I'm just, it's, just, a, I mean, it's just a defense. Defense coming and going, mostly yeah. coming or mostly going. Offense late in the game, 
but you know, but for me, like Clint, you're right. Clint is the one. He's so, the, if, I mean, if, they, if they had, if their backup center was an average backup center, and Clint went down, they are freaking toast. Well, and that's, and that's like, the good thing. Yeah, and that and the, pack it that's, up. The, that's the beauty of depth. And I talked about with Tyler a little bit um, on right. the last time we talked. Like, there is a beauty. Like, I am not someone who's ever going to be like they have too many guys because, like, you know, there are situations when you have too many guys. But right now, the Hawks have a top nine. And then they have this group of like five or six guys who don't have to play but can, and that is huge in the NBA. Last year, the Hawks, when they had injuries, it was rough. Like beyond that top nine or ten, it got ugly in a hurry. With I mean, no, no, and that's not being negative about like I like role players in general. I'm, I'm I'm a pro role player guy, but it got ugly in a hurry. Like and that's why I sneakily love the Matthews Fernando trade last year. It was a little move, but I was oh. like that makes them better. Like maybe not every night, but like again. If you can't, I will tell you this now. Bruno's not going to kill you if you have to play him as a second center. I was about to say that. Like Garrison can play. He can play. Especially trading John, you know, you don't have a a guy you can slide to center. So, like, your third center matters now because breaking news, I will bet you anything in my wallet that they do not have 82 games with Clint and Oneka. They're going to need a third center. And without John – it actually has to be a third center. Like they don't have another guy you could just slide there. So having Bruno, who is a really good third center, is a it might seem small and it kind of is, but it, that's an important thing. Like to have a real guy who can play. Um, Matthews the same thing. Wes Matthews again. I don't. Want, you and I are probably predisposed to liking Wes Matthews because he's just like a boring quality vet. But like that's a good move because if you get an injury, and by the way, you're going to get an injury. Someone's going to get hurt, and you have to look down and grab a guy that can play. And uh, or, 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 is, yeah, you know. With with West Matthew, like they're stretching Jalen into being a primary wing defender, and and a random game in no, first week of November, he's like not putting it all together, trying to defend like one of the you know ten like whoever it is, and that I mean I know Hawks fans don't want to think about that, but that that yeah. would be a new brand new role for Jalen, like brand new. Oh, yes. it's not happening for Jalen tonight. Jalen, sit down. West need you here. Wes, I need you to play 27 minutes tonight and do what we had planned for Jay. That can <laughs> happen like eight times. Like, I, I would just – I mean, you and I agree on this, I, I'm sure. I would just say 82 games is a long time. It's a lot yeah. of minutes you have to cover, a lot of weird situations. People just – they tend to forget these little things that happen over the course of 82 games, whether it's injuries or like you just said, situations. And, you know, this is – Quinn is a, a pretty innovative, like, guy who's – Proven in the regular season, like he's a proven winner in the regular season. Like you can question the playoff stuff, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But like he, he is, it's kind of like Bud level, you know, as far as like Bud had his playoff foibles, but number one, he won a title. But number two, there's nothing Bud had to prove in the regular season. That guy, that guy is a proven master, 82 game coach, and Quinn is kind of like that. It's not like he's not quite on the way to Bud's level, I don't think, but it's pretty, it's pretty similar. Like Quinn, they won a lot of games in Utah, and. I think part of that's navigating the course of a two game season, and I think he's uh, he know he knows what to do to yeah. do that. And oh, by the way, nailing the regular season is step one in the process. So I mean, I mean, we've said it a million, a million times, <laughs> but this, this Hawks team, as funny as it sounds, for a team that made the conference finals, still has not had a what I would describe as a really good regular season in, the, in this entire run. I mean, they were the five seed that year they made the conference finals, and but they were kind of a bad five seed compared to normal. It five was seed. Like they, it was a really weak East. That yeah, they they have not put together. I mean. I, no one's going to be thrilled if they win 49 games and lose in the second round, but that would be a much better, like winning 49 games, winning 47 games would be a, a large step forward from where they've been the last two seasons. And it wouldn't, 
and it wouldn't inspire anyone, but like they had to, they have not proven it over 82, which is frustrating because we think they should. And I think they're going, I think they're probably going to this year, but it'd yeah. be a nice step forward. Yeah. I know the thing for me, I, I said this on Twitter one time and it seemed to be like a lot of people latched on to it. The thing that has held this team back the most is this. I think I said it this way. I'm tired. Like this team goes out every game and figures out exactly how much defense they have to play to win the game. And they play not an ounce more of defense. If they're going to win like 50, 51, 52, they can't do that. That has to go away. And they have to buy in. They have to buy in on defense every single night. If you want to, you want to be a top four seed in the Eastern conference. That is like half of it to me is getting rid of that old, like that old process of like, Oh, we can do C plus defense. And I think we'll, win by three points. Good teams like are like, we're gonna put our foot on your neck and we're gonna blow you out, you know, you know, and and that's that's the the Hawks DNA. And <laughs> that doesn't mean and that doesn't I mean and that and I I I can already hear the the emails. It's not let's not say that they're gonna be an awesome defense because they're not this is not no. a team that has awesome defensive personnel. But the difference is you can play hard and execute every night and be the 19th best defense in the league. And that would be a step forward where they've been the last couple of years. Like you okay. can't, you can't just because I think we all agree they're going to be awesome on offense. As but, long but, as there. You, but in a season, if you go look at who's like 12, 13, 14 in defense and look at who is like 17, 18, 19, the difference is usually consistency, consistent effort, consistent, you know, focus, consistent, you know, consistent um, attention to the fundamental things and not like, you know, and and that that's what like that's when the Hawks with the Hawks would go from like 18, 19 to 25, 26. Yeah. That's when that would they need to get to the point where it's like, okay, our baseline is say 16, 17, 18, hopefully, right? Sure. Uh, and then if we're really consistent and really, really apply ourselves and don't do this thing where we probably try to play just enough defense <laughs> to win the game, then maybe they can get to like a little bit above league average, you know? Yeah. But it's it's consistent. Like the talent's not really there to make you think they could be a top ten defense, right? right. Point of attack still an issue, small guard still a challenge, that sort of thing. But the consistency and that can that can that's worth five spots across the whole season off. Oh, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, I think that they're like your point there is a good one. Like that they, I I I can see a world where this team, as constructed, as much as my concerns are defensive could be the 15th best defense in the league, be league average. I can see that actually happening. I can't see top eight. I can see 15th. And the pathway, if you are optimistic, as we wrap this podcast up, is like top three offense, 15th defense. That's a really good team. Like that's a really, really good, really good team. It's probably not, it's probably not, it's not going to win a title this year doing that, but like that's a really good team. And that's like a, that's a real step forward. We haven't seen it so far. So consistency, I'm with you hundred percent on that, Glenn, and hopefully they can find some of that, uh, here in the doldrums of the summer, that's what it's when the work the one the work gets done. And look, one of the positives of being healthy last year is that nobody was hurt at the end of the season, and that means guys are in the gym all summer and they're getting their games. And that's it's not a small thing, especially for young guys, guys like Jalen and AJ and um, you know Onyeka. Like being healthy, the, the jumps happen in the summer, generally huge. speaking. That's so, anyway, well, Glenn. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. You and I could talk for another hour because that's what we do, but we're not going to do yeah. that. So I don't get yelled at too much by the network. Uh, anything to plug? I know you and Kevin did a podcast like semi recently. 
Yeah, we, we, we did. We, we talked about the hoops grid because we were like, this is the thing to do while there's nothing happening in the NBA. So you got, you guys sounded old on that podcast. I really enjoyed it. That was fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. So while well, I mean, we were true to form, that was we're being our real selves. Cause we're, we're both, you know, uh, not on the underside of 50, you know, neither one of us, so. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll have fun. Um, you know, it, I, t- I told Kevin he needs to get a break. I, I wish you could get a break, Brad, but I, I know you're a, you're a machine, so we I'm all sl- know no, no, listen, uh, August is like the is like two or three times a week versus four or five. So it okay. is my dead, it is my dead zone. It's a Brad break, I guess is what yes. we call it. Um, so so no, yeah, Kevin and I probably next week we'll kind of kind of get back back to recording again and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I just want to you know also just kind of push you know you know. West and, and the team of Peace Street Hoops, like, I mean, when, when when there's Hawks news, they're on it. Like, boom, they're they yeah. are on it, and they do a great job. So you know, keep keep calling those those guys over there. I can't be in the forefront as much as I used to. Maybe, you know, I, I try to now and then, but uh, still behind the scenes supporting those guys. I want to want to really you know draw attention to, to that great work. So you know, at Well Center Score Glenn, if you're listening, you're, you're watching on YouTube, you kind of see it right there. Atl twenty nine, uh, Kevin and I you know, have fun, and it's. It's funny when Kevin and I recorded that episode, the last episode. I was like, "Man, that, this was like a lot of filler content." And I woke up the next morning, and like, there were like a bunch of tweets about, "Oh, we talk about a minor league game that happened in 1952 or something," you know, or it whatever, you know. And uh, you know, and it's it's just kind of it's just always surprising to kind of see you know the, the response to stuff. So, so I, I I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Always enjoy our conversations. Um, you know, Kevin and I you know, try to do our thing over there. And so, you know, find a work over there if you haven't already. And uh, follow me on Twitter. I will talk, I will have almost any conversation on Twitter. I even, I even for a few days engaged with someone telling me that uh, Seth Lundy has a much higher ceiling than AJ Griffin. Um, <laughs> I, I heard the personnel and, and, you know, I, you know, so, so I, yep. we all have different views sometimes and stuff like that. So, I had to shut it down eventually. But okay, we we both set our kind of kind of side. We here. got it. But but I, I will I will have almost any conversation on Twitter. So you know if you enjoy that sort of thing and you feel like I have a take, no one else has. Bring it to me. We'll talk about it. Yeah, there you go. I, I would say Glenn is a must follow on Twitter slash X. I guess is what it's called now. I don't know what's going <laughs> on with that. Uh, and uh, yeah, AT, I I promise I am in every li- I'm in every podcast listener to ATL on twenty nine. It's a great show. There's room for both of us. We. Uh, Kevin and I usually get along. Every once in a while, we get along. Uh, but no, honestly, it's awesome. It's an awesome I, show. I can't so. wait to have Kevin back. You know, sometime here. Uh, it's probably gonna. Work. I'm. I'm gonna have to pull the card and ask him to come on the show in like August or something. Because uh, I try to leave him alone because he has his own show. But I will bug him at some point this summer. Uh, all right, Glenn. Thanks for doing this, man. I do appreciate it. Again, one more time, please follow Glenn everywhere. Listen to the podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I really do appreciate that as well. And we'll talk to everybody later on this week. <laughs>